Hey guys, Johnny Casino here, and if you know who I am, you know I love making podcasts. But what makes that possible? Day Space Podcast Network. This is a network that allows a number of different podcasters to put their shows in your ears on a weekly basis. Now, we are trying to grow the network, and we need your help, listener. The first thing you can do is go on iTunes and rate whatever shows it is you listen to, and give them that five-star rating, a short little write-up, it'll take you two minutes, and it'll put our shows in more people's ears and bring more attention to the network itself. The second thing you can do is go to patreon.com slash dayspace and donate $1 a month. Now, $1 a month is like giving up, I don't know, a cup of coffee every four or five months. But what it'll do for us is allow us to keep the network going. It'll allow us to upgrade some equipment to make the quality of the shows better and potentially allow us to make more stuff that we can bring to you. So $1 a month at Patreon, five-star rating on iTunes. Help us out so we can keep bringing you the best podcast possible. Alrighty, welcome to the P- the PSBS, the Plays of Bullshit Podcast. I'm your host, Goatee PS and Bobby's host here is... Andrew Arenas, double is. Yes, and we're here for episode 80, uh, 89. 89. No longer like two race car tracks. 89. 89. One step closer to 90, and then we'll only be 10 away from 100. 100 is going to be a special one. I know, because man. Because I looked it up. I looked up the dates for it. And uh, like when we would hit a hundred, presumably that we do go every week. Yeah. Because uh, this week was hectic. Second week of classes, really knowing how the classes operate and how they work. And it's been overwhelming. And I have been talking to people just today, like for hours today, like I would try and just sit and go get something to eat. I would talk to someone, I would go to dinner and then I would talk to someone and then someone from class shows up and like, I was getting so exhausted just talking to people that like people that I would just see I'm just like I, I need to go I need to like I need to go <laughs> wah, wah, wah. you have a social life <laughs> I was getting so tired that, so I wanted to leave so like that was that's why I wanted to like come in my safe space <laughs> that's it's terrible but not 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 because of what you're saying <laughs> yeah it's just it's, it's terrible just that the- you're complaining about that not terrible your situation is terrible that you're complaining about it well, I don't like being in the limelight, and it's just, like, very, uh, and then with the work I have to do, too, on top of that, so it's like, ugh, I, I, I'm not a fan, so I just hope things don't get too busy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's Thursday, it's the day before Friday, I got two classes on Friday as opposed to zero, so hopefully that should be okay, I hope. Get those classes done, you gotta pass, man. Yeah, I, I definitely got a pass taking four literature courses this semester. Just trying to get that 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 literature requirement done because that's really all I need done, and it's just ridiculous that I really held that off as long as I did, and uh, definitely probably one of the regrets I have um, in college. But we'll see how much I'll regret it. So, like, I regret it now. I already regret it now. So then it's just a matter of time of how much I'm going to regret it later. So we'll we'll see. I'm not gonna go down that deep dark hole of my regrets of college. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, it's just, I'm, I'm just very tired. I mean, I, um, I didn't even go to my biology class today because the way my classes have been is like from eleven to like three thirty, no, three fifteen, eleven to three fifteen. So, like, that's no time for like lunch. And like, my friend who's in my biology class, I wanted him to save me a seat. And mind you, this class is very big, so like I wanted him to save my seat so I could sit next to him. And I go in almost nearly late, and like I walk in, and I see that my seat is taken. 
And I'm just like, oh, screw this. I'm going to lunch. That's, I said that out loud and everybody was like, <laughs> because the class doesn't take attendance. So I just left. I was like, I was so fed up with it. I was like, come on. So I just left and then ate lunch because I was like really hungry. And then, uh, so just, uh, and then, and then just talking afterwards and then just getting really tired trying to find a place to even sit to do this. So Luckily, I did find a space, so I was very happy about that because, like, if I didn't find a space, I would have been very angry mm-hmm. because I want to do a show. So let's get a rolling. Let's get a rolling. Well, this week we got a lot of some news and stuff, and uh, we got a lot of release dates this week. Oh, what um, we got? Well, maybe not a lot. We got, like, two, but still <laughs> something. <laughs> still something more than one. Um, it was announced this week that Tekken 7 is releasing on June 2nd for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. What was uh, Injustice's release date again? Injustice is May 16th. Okay, so, so there's about a bit of space there for the About a month. Game. Yeah, about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by pre-ordering Tekken 7, you'll receive uh, Elza, who made her debut in Tekken Revolution. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see, Tekken 7, there'll be digital. Of course, there'll be digital deluxe edition, no price yet, but there'll be other bundles that come with Season Pass. There'll be $150 collector's edition. Oh, $150? $150, man. Collector's edition for PS4, Xbox One, comes with a game, soundtrack, steelbook, and a 12-inch by 18-inch statue. Like, did you see the statue for this? This thing's ridiculous. Oh, no, I did not see the statue. Like, you got, we got one character in the air, like, kicking the other one, like, emitting the whole statue, like, one solid piece. It's crazy. You think it looks pretty high quality? Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to tell because it's just a picture. Yeah. For all we know, it could look like a Happy Meal toy, like God of War Ascension. Yeah. <laughs> God of War um, So, you know, I have flashbacks to that little Hulk plushy thing that you have. Oh, um, yeah, that, that creepy thing. <laughs> yeah, would, only if we could show you guys. So, um, maybe we should, like, throw in a little picture. But that requires editing. <laughs> I'll maybe tweet it out or something. Like, look at this crazy thing. Face. Oh, we'll be talking about more about uh, some Avengers in a second. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. But yeah. um, but yeah, and they said uh, PS4 edition will have some exclusive costumes, including Lexi costumes from Tekken Four and Tekken Two. Ooh, so throwback! Yeah, throwback. And they got jukebox mode. We can listen to music from the original Tekken games and create your own playlists. Okay. Uh, if you pre-order on Xbox One, you get a free copy of Tekken Six to play in your Xbox One. Sounds good to me. Oh, backwards compatible. Backwards compatible, yeah, through backwards compatibility. Um, you know, fighting games on PlayStation now were the delay. Yeah, they, they would be too much lagged, but fighting games are really playing on PlayStation now. Are any fighting games on PlayStation now? I think so. Isn't like King of Fighters or something on PlayStation oh, now? Yeah, that must be like a disaster, no matter what <laughs> connection you have. Yeah, it's just like, ugh. No. Man, getting that lag down. Um, but yeah, so Tekken, though, because we've talked about fighting games a lot in here, but like Tekken. Tekken is one that I actually played, like most of them, you know, so I've played them over the years, so I do have a fondness for the franchise, unlike something like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Um, but again, it falls in the same thing with, you know, Injustice 2. It's just one of those things where, like, I don't know if I want to buy this day one, because, you know, already they're talking season pass, so you know there's going to be more characters later on, you know, and mm. there's whatever else they add in. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's just hard to buy fighting games day one. You have to be, like, really hardcore into fighting games to buy day one, because... If you're hardcore into it, then you're satisfied with what's there. But if you're not hardcore into it, you might get bored kind of soon, you know? Yeah, it's just like so many fighting games are kind of, well, Street Fighter V was a notable one for releasing so bare bones at release. 
Mm-hmm. And then having to buy the season pass for everything else and waiting for the updates to have the campaigns and everything else. So that's what drew a lot of backlash for Street Fighter V, and that's what ended up not performing all that well. Yeah. But Tekken, this one has been long coming. Long coming. Uh, they did not talk more about the VR support, because remember, Tekken 7 is supposed to have a VR mode. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Um, there is no mention of it here in this announcement. Uh, so it's probably just one of those things we're going to see as we get closer uh, to the release date. Yeah. I'm really interested to see just kind of what it is, you know? Finally see what it is. What it is, man. Um, even though it's probably going to be... I mean, it would be great if it was some full feature, but it might be just... I'm setting my expectations low. <laughs> you know, that's going to be some, like, tack-on kind of VR mode type thing, you know? Oh, yeah, you always got to do these things. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I just don't know what I want. Like, I don't know what I want from it. I mean, I don't know if I want to be in first-person punching people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. But we'll see. That's why we need updates on what this VR mode is. What does this VR mode contain? Will it be free? Will it be in the game? It should be. Hmm. You can live with that. Mm-hmm. We shall see. We shall see. But, uh, but it's a good release for it. A good summer game. Mm-hmm. Good summer game. Uh, yeah, because like you said, we got that. We got uh, just two coming out on May 16th. And we have another summer game. Another game got a summer release date. Oh. It was announced this week that Prey is coming May 5th. Oh, another game release. Prey, okay, I did not think this. Prey is coming May. Yeah, uh, but that's announced that uh, Prey will be available May 5th for PS4, Xbox One, PC. Uh, they did a new gameplay trailer. And anyone who pre-orders Prey will receive exclusive Cosmonaut shotgun pack. So, uh, the pack also includes three neural mods you can spend to acquire new abilities, two medkits, a fabrication plan to create a shotgun and ammo, a starter kit for building tools and weapons, and a unique upgrade to help you preserve your limited resources. Well, it's a handful. Yeah, so you get like a little starter kit, basically, for pre-ordering. Uh, this is coming uh, May 5th. Um, yeah, the game looks cool, and sadly, because of Bethesda's thing, we won't get reviews day one. No, we won't. Um, so we're going to have to wait, and those reviewers are going to have to play through the game. Yeah, which, you know, we kind of talked about this already, but is it going to kind of suck? Because it's something where it's always, it's, you're always a little hesitant with something that's like a new IP, which I know technically, you know, it's, it is and it isn't a new IP, this Prey game. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a it's a reimagining. Reimagining of a core idea from the old Prey game. Um, but it's still yeah. essentially a new IP, and it's always kind of... Well, you know, you always kind of have your hesitations with new IP if you want to, like, invest and get a day one. Uh, you want to kind of have some idea of the quality. Right. So we're going to wait and see on that. Uh, but the game looks interesting. Uh, the starter pack, kind of weird. I don't know. I always find it weird when there's, like, starter packs as pre-order bonuses because, like... I mean, you technically don't have to redeem them, but once you do, they're, like, automatically, like, put in your games. They're just like, oh, I got all this stuff, you know, that maybe I didn't want right away, you know? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like what happened with uh, Dead Space 1. I remember when Dead Space 1 came out, they had that free uh, Palatian DLC armor. Oh, really? And it was, like, black and blue, because it was, like, black, and it would, like, light up, like, the PlayStation 3. And, like, it was, but it was, like, a free DLC you can download before the game, right? It was, like, two days before the game came out, it was already in the store, so I downloaded it. I was like, all right. So right when I started Dead Space... I go up to the little vending machine, like, oh, you already have a, a free armor. I was like, all right, click, and I, like, equipped it, and now I already have this, like, beefed-up armor right when I start. So it did kind of take away a little bit, you know, having the beefed-up armor right from the start. Having that beefed-up armor? 
I mean, it's not maxed out. It's not like max stats or anything, but it's definitely more than what you would start off with, you know? I mean, you just don't like that head start that it would give you? Yeah, I mean, you, you're basically downloading just a little thing to give you a head start, and it's like, well, maybe some people don't want a head start. They want to kind of start from scratch and kind of go, you know? Hmm. I mean, that, that, that is a good point. You know, that's kind of what this is doing here. It's giving you, uh, it's giving you weapon schematics and shotgun and ammo and all that stuff. It's giving you a head start right there. Um, right. Same thing with another game this week. Resident Evil 7 did the same thing. If you pre-ordered, you got a little health pack thing that gave you, like, extra items in your inventory when you start. Oh, wow. So it's like health, a health pack, some herbs and stuff like that. So it's like, well, there you go. They're already giving you stuff, you know. Well, I mean, that's good, at least. Something. Uh, We'll talk more about Resident Evil 7 in a little bit. Ooh, because you got the game. I got the game. So uh, I'm going to talk about more of that in a bit, because it's going to be Going into detail over that, can I just go over some more little news? We'll build up to that. Um, what else we got on the news front? Um, oh, they put out a because you know what you know what's coming next month. What month is coming from? next month? Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out in a month. Month from today. Yep. No um, news of it gold. Nope, it's not gold just yet. They said they're almost there. They said they're almost to gold. They are almost there. Okay, you're scaring me a little bit here. <sighs> they said I almost... mean, that's fine, but I mean, Uncharted 4 was kind of gold. I mean, this is just the last so exclusive. But... Yeah, but that was a different That was a different situation. situation. It was supposed to come up with the... Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's almost gold, but they did release a new uh, gameplay video this week. Um, and they talked about how uh, game director was talking about how um, there is no microtransactions in Zero Dawn. Okay, I mean, uh, well, there's microtransactions in Uncharted Four. Yeah, that's good. I mean, for a primarily single player game like this, I mean, there could be add-on content, add-on expansions, yeah. skins. Yeah. yeah, even yeah, because that's something two people were asking. But like, we don't need microtransactions. No, no microtransactions. Like, like buying resources, stuff like that. Um, just buy yeah like um, Battlefield I don't know but um, yeah and then some people were asking too like is there going to be like a season pass for Horizon and they said uh, we're not like we're talking about that yet we don't know because they're not sure they're not committing to any idea of there being DLC yet yeah I do wonder about that I don't know this, this game has been a long time coming and I wonder if they'll even commit to even doing an expansion for a game like I mean, it's something Sony might be doing more like single player expansions. You know, like we're seeing that with, uh, you know, Uncharted. It's getting its whole like separate kind of expansion single player. Um, uh, Infamous Second Son got its own uh, single player expansion thing. Mm-hmm. And then so maybe, maybe we'll see some of Horizon just later yeah. on, you know, after months after release. Yeah, that would be good. Good. Um,. Also in Horizon, they said that Horizon will be getting a one terabyte PS4 bundle in Europe, at least. Um, no mention if there's a US release for it. Um, it is, here's the thing, too. It's a slim PS4. It's not even a PS4 Pro. Oh, really? You get a one terabyte slim PS4 with your oh, Horizon. I'm, not, I'm like, why? Why do they refuse to bundle games with the Pro? That's just, I think, it's the cost of it, you know. 
I guess. I mean, I've already like, seen. I guess bite the cost of the game on that particular system and put it with a pro that's supposed to be the more expensive one. Yeah, I mean, I've already seen like retailer bundles where like if you buy a pro, you get like two free games, but like nothing official, like an official pro bundle. You know. It, it it reminds me of something super silly that doesn't even relate to this, but like buying like a MacBook and it doesn't even come with earphones. Instead, when you buy a phone, you get earphones, but with computers, you don't get earphones. This is the case here. Right. I mean, I guess with I guess with laptops, like you don't need earphones. You just listen you to videos. Them. You already got them because you already have an iPhone. Synergy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what they're assuming. If you're buying a PS4 Pro, you already hardcore, already own a PS4. Best thing, you already have games for it. Oh yeah. Oh so, shit. Hmm. Pause it. All right. Yeah, and then with uh, Horizon, they were talking about how like um, the game. Uh, they said the target for the game is 1080p, 30 frames per second. This is the little sure. And then it says here they will share further details on PS4 support later. So I mean, I was thinking it has PS4 Pro no. support, but they're not bundling with a PS4 Pro. And we're going to find out more, kind of what the Pro support adds. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get to see that soon. I mean, we only got a demonstration of that um, during that event. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't really showing much, so hopefully. Well, I mean, it's hard to show uh-huh. it because you have to basically have a 4K display to kind of see it. You know, when you're watching like it online or something, you're not getting that. That is very true. So, um, and then I was reading a thing. They had a little analyze thing where they're like analyzing pro support games. Only like f- 10 to 15 actually support like true full 4K on PS4 yeah, at the Pro. Point. And like mm-hmm. I've only played one of them on that list. Titanfall my, 2? Titanfall 2 does not actually run. It, it wasn't on the list. Native 4K support? Right. Um, no, uh, Last of Us Remastered says it has native 4K support, and that was the only one I played that was on that list. Oh, really? I don't have the list. I don't have the list in my notes. I should have put that in there. But yeah, like Last of Us Remastered runs in native 4K. Um, like Hustle Kings, NBA forget what else tomb raider doesn't even run at 4k which is weird like it i mean obviously like it outputs at 4k but it's not like true 4k you know like resolution mm-hmm. that's what most of these games do like the games we play or i've played already on pro is that they like match the 4k signal but they're not actually like a true or like native 4k signal you know it's kind of just upscale things yeah it's upscaling basically to match that 4k so it is weird to see that's that not too many of them actually do fully support it. And the only one I saw on the list was um, that I played was uh, Last of Us. And it's a PS3 game, so you already... It's like, yeah, it's looking crisp, but it's already a PS3 game. So it's like, eh. That weird zone. Yeah, it's that weird zone. So it's hard to kind of really see it. Mm-hmm. Because, because like, Last of Us is still a good-looking game, but, like, it's already kind of aged, at least compared to something like Uncharted 4, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Last of Us too. And that's supposed to what well, we see. Well, that was just a trailer, but yeah, it it was running, yeah, real time, yeah. As they always like to state, uh, same with like could uh, uh, Death Stranding, Death Stranding, uh-huh. now running on that precious, precious engine. That uh, that zero dawn that has. <laughs> um, so you get that four K points. The story with the with the key. 
Oh, <laughs> key man, the key man. Ro- royalty. Oh yeah. Uh, we actually got a little. We got a little update on uh, Death Stranding this week. We did, as we always do. Kojima, what do you got for us? Well, it wasn't him. Oh what? Uh, they had an interview with director uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Was com- commenting on his involvement with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that he has zero creative input on this game. Oh. Um, well, he, maybe other than that character. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying. His involvement is solely that character. I mean, he, he he's already as busy as it is, and I just don't think yeah he would have time to even do this game. This doesn't surprise me too much, really. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I mean, how much would you expect him to be a part of it creatively? Like, you maybe write some of it or something. I don't know. That's a very good question. He said, because he said in the interview, uh, he talked to it, uh, Kojima on the phone, and Kojima said, I want you to be a character in the game. And then <laughs> Del Toro responded gladly, and they discussed ideas. Um, so, yeah. Um, but then he talks about how like his ideas of being scanned for long hours at a time. Because um, that's something we already kind of talked about, whether his character is like a real character in the game or just something we see in the teaser. Just in like, a trailer. Yeah, like in the trailer, but like is he in the game? And then like... This, this interview kind of hints that he might actually be a character in the game rather than just what we see in the teaser. Well, I mean, if he said zero creative input, I mean, no one have to lend his voice and then talking, presumably. Yeah, but that's not creative as in, like, cr- cr- you know, crafting the story himself. He's just acting out in it, you know. Hmm. It's still creative. Well, when, well, usually when they mean creative, they mean, like, writing or directing or something. Like, as far as acting, I don't think too many of the actors consider those some creative, like... I mean, they're, they're working with the material, you know? Yeah, I know, but they're not creating oh. the material. They're just... They're, they're, they're acting out the creative material that's already there. Hmm. So that's an interesting gray area. Yeah, it's a... It's a bring up at a debate somewhere if acting is, is a part of creativity creative process i mean they bring they bring something new to the table you know sometimes they improvise or do something he's emphasizing that he's not in empire strikes back yeah yeah there's (laughs) that but i mean like he's specifically saying that he's not involved creatively but he is a game as a character so he himself is not giving acting like he's not considering acting being creative input i think he's gonna need to clarify this it's too confusing it's not confusing he's just playing a character in the game We'll see if he's actually really in this game. We'll see. Like I said, for all we know, he could be just at the beginning of the game. A bomb goes off, he's gone. And that's it. You never see him again. Dude. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of what it looked like in the trailer. Like, he was running. Like, that looks like that'd be the opening of the game. He's running. He dies or something. The little baby thing rolls away. And then, like, that's the start of the game. That's Norman Reedus. And then Norman Reedus picks it up and, like, well, what's this? That's, that's for everything Kojima. You know, uh, the beginning of... Uh... Young Pope, I think Kojima would have really liked it. <laughs> Long establishing shots, lots of babies. I think he would have really loved the opening. Weird coloring, everything's so bright. Like, he would have really appreciated Young Pope. I really like Young Pope. Such a good show. <laughs> I only saw one talking, episode and I was like half asleep show, watching it. Talking show, it definitely is. So maybe by then, now I'll be... Um, Able to go try and get back into House of Cards. 
So we'll see. Because I like that House of Cards is not like coming out now. So then like I don't have to like hate hear about it. So then I can maybe have my time to maybe watch it. And then by the time I'm done watching it all, the new season will be out. You need to watch The Leftovers oh. because the final season starts in April. Oh, that's plenty of time. But you still got to do it. Yeah, I said I was going to watch it during winter break. But like I didn't feel like watching it. So like I'll see. Because that's- like HBO – like. I've been getting quite a bit out of HBO lately, so I'm very happy about that. So I'll have to see about Leftovers. I mean, it's very short, so then you'll see. I mean, that is that is the best show on HBO. The best show on HBO? That's a tall order, man. I love Westworld. No, it's better than Westworld. I like my Westworld. I like, uh, I like my Silicon Valley, even though it's a different show. It's not a drama. It's the best, like it's the best. It's the best show on HBO. We'll see. It's better. Yeah. It's better than yeah. That. Better than that. Uh, but anyway, speaking of directors and video games, you got another one this week. There, there's another one this week. <laughs> um, All right. Let's. Ooh. Yeah. Activision announced the new Call of Duty co-op zombie mode DLC. Oh. Huh. Yeah. New DLC, uh, Rave in the Redwoods, new co-op survival mode um, that will be included in the Sabotage DLC map pack. Zombie mode takes place in an abandoned summer camp and features four classic 90s characters. One of them will be played by Kevin Smith. Really? Yep, Kevin Smith will lend his likeness and voice to the game, helping players escape hordes of Ravager zombies who have taken over. In addition to Smith, four characters from the original Call of Duty Infinite uh, Warfare zombie mode return. Um... Along with Willard Wire, the villainous film director played by uh, Paul Rubens, who, you know, is Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> who could forget? Yep, Pee Wee Herman's in the Pee Wee Herman is in the Call of Duty DLC. I think this DLC is pretty neat. Didn't ever didn't even touch Infinite Warfare. Who am I to say? <laughs> we all know that I played uh, COD Four Remastered instead of Infinite Warfare. <laughs> I watched a bit of that campaign. I'm not sure about it. It's very, eh. yeah, some BS, man. You, you do the it, timing it wrong, and you get like, eh. It is, and like I said, I couldn't finish the first level. I was just like, and eh. the whole thing felt anxious from the first level, and then that stupid like checkpoint thing where it locked your time. Graphics I was like, are very good, though. Yeah, the graphics are nice. Looks good, but I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the nicer Call of Duties, at least that. But it's a shame that the um, that those graphics couldn't even carry it online. Yeah, because the online just like looks so bland and more than last gen. Meh. So I'll have to see. I'll get around the Infinite Warfare one day. I don't know. I didn't even finish Black Ops Three's campaign. But you can play Damn Smith, play as Kevin Smith in the DLC. <laughs> uh, Tusk. Tusk. He's just gonna start quoting Tusk the whole time. Tusk was a good movie. <laughs> it's like oh, I liked it. <laughs> That's what he says in interviews. He's like, oh, I liked it. I did. I don't know if other people, but I liked it. The most movie like, I've ever seen him get a directorship for, especially when I was at New York Comic Con, because it was fresh off release, only like a month or so. I was like, wow, a lot of people went to go see this movie. I mean, they're the hardcore Kevin Smith fans. Yeah. So they had to go see it. Or just the word of mouth that's terrible. I don't know. Wow. But. Um, Kevin Smith, at least uh, he's doing uh, work at CW. 
And ABC. Yeah. And at ABC. This is what he should be doing. Just sticking to television directing, I think, sadly. Which is fine. Um, still going to need to make moose, uh, moose draws, though. But yeah. I think uh, he should really just stick to television directing. Or better yet, that Flash movie. But that Flash movie is getting another 180. <laughs> oh, none of it's happening. Ever. Well, don't get me started on DC. I already talked to someone about DC today. I don't want to talk about it again. Well, okay. Anyway, another oh, another news. More movies tying in with games and games, movies, whatever. Oh. <laughs> Something to do with a movie and a game. Um, it, this week, a Kickstarter campaign started to fund a Apocalypse Now video game. Huh. Yeah. So the game... Um, is blur up news, yeah. Uh, based on the movie, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and Coppola is actually um, endorsing the game. Okay. Uh, they said they plan to develop a psychological horror RPG around the 1979 movie, uh, including uh, game veteran directors from uh, Robin, who worked on Gears of War and Battlefield. Which already worked on uh, Fallout New Vegas, The Witcher. People worked on Wasteland 2. Wow, people with some pedigrees. Yeah, people really working on this. And then, like, the director, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, did a whole, like, little letter saying how 40 years he's looked at art and now uh, motion pictures at art. Now he wants to kind of move on, try to redo it as a video game for New Generation, explore platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being developed with a planned 2020 <laughs> release launch window. Woohoo! 2020! 2020, man. PS5. PS5 launch title. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse. That's really Apocalypse. interesting. Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now, one of the great movies. I, uh... I, I don't know what to make of this. This is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like... This is a movie I had to watch so many times for school. Oh, yeah. Like it's like... Kind of like for so many things. Yeah, like in film class, I probably had to watch it like three times just through all my film classes and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, this is—I mean, it sounds neat. An RPG set um, Vietnam, but didn't they already do one? Wasn't like System Shock an RPG set in uh, the Vietnam War or something? I mean, System Shock. Yeah, System Shock. No. System Shock not System Shock. I forget what the game's called. Shell Shock. I remember the game's box cover was a guy wearing a helmet and he's like screaming. And it was like something like that. Not System Shock. Yeah, you're right. System Shock is the precursor to Bioshock with space and all that. Uh, I yeah. think it was Shell Shock or something like that. I forget what it was called. Not a Ninja Turtles game. Not a Ninja Turtle game. I don't know what it is. Um, so, yeah. So, it's interesting to see kind of what this is going to be. Um, like I said, long release. We'll see in 2020. Uh, if this gets funded, should get funded. I don't see why this project would fall through. Sure, there'll be a lot of interest in it. Yeah, a lot of interest in it, just to kind of see. Um, but yeah, 2020, yeah, we we definitely be probably having new systems coming out by then. So, uh, with the pre-production of this game, they should aim for a PS5 uh, Scorpio release. Working on new technologies. I also know who likes working with that. Could you oh, yeah, yeah. A new technology. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna love that Scorpio. Oh wait, mm-hmm. but he's with Sony. Oh. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, people in the comments are already pointing out how like so many games and stuff are already inspired by Apocalypse Now. That's going to be kind of hard for this to kind of become a game of its own, you know? It could, I think, still. Because like I said, there was this, I know there was some type of RPG thing, game, I can't remember what it's called. They already did that. A lot of people are pointing out how Spec Ops The Line was heavily inspired by Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, it's written all over it. Um, story-wise, yeah. Story-wise, you know. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just, it's such an influential movie that's going to be kind of hard to become its own thing and be like, you know, like, look, the, this was the movie that started this this kind of, like, story trend or idea. Now it's kind of doing its own thing as its own game story. So. Let's see what happens there. But Gosh, I, I really love Spec Ops The Line. It's such a shame that Jaeger hasn't really even gotten a chance to, like, do anything this gen. Yeah. They had that false start with uh, Dead Island and then all that. Hopefully, Dead Island, we still haven't got an update on that. Oh, yeah. What the hell's going on with Dead Island 2? I mean, uh, Sumo Digital's working on it, so. And, and they had a little bit of Planet 3 broken at release, so that's that's great. So, I, I don't know. Well, we're going to have to see how they'll work on that. And then with the, the fact that Dying Light was out and kind of set that standard, you know, for these kind of zombie games. So, at least first-person action zombie games. But... We have Resident Evil, though. That we do. That we do. A big one. That we do. There we do. Yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, it's just this, this game sounds interesting to kind of see what it's going to be. But like I said, 2020 just so. It's just when you hear 2020, it just sounds so far away when you hear that. Oh. I mean, yeah, it's only three years away, but like just to hear something have a 2020 release date. No, nah, man, we got to talk about the 2020s soon. I mean, it's, it's approaching. Bye bye, 2010. I mean, they announced that yesterday. Minions 2 is coming July 2020, and I'm like, okay. Which one? Minions 2. Oh, Minions 2? Yeah. Wow, quite a gap from Minions 1, huh? They really want to take their time with this, don't they? Well, I mean, Despicable Me 3 is coming out this summer, so that's already kind of filling in that gap. You know? But, uh, yeah, no, Illumination announced... It's like, like such a straight-to-DVD movie. I can't believe it takes them that long. Yeah, well, I mean, they announced... Uh, yeah, Minions 2 is coming, like, July 2020, and, like, um, Sing 2 is coming Christmas 2020. So it's, like, so weird to hear these, like, 2020 release dates. Like, um, really, what, what's with this uh, gap here? Are they really, like, trying to, like, prove something here? They really, I guess they're trying not to oversaturate and, like, have one out every year? Well, I mean, it takes time to, to make these animated movies. Takes about five years. <laughs> There's so many gaps in these animated movie sequels because they just take a while to make. Yeah, and Illumination is a small studio in comparison to. I guess I kind of compare them to, well, not even movies wise, but Pixar because, you know, they have several. They have different teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. They're split into different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what? Well, Pixar's kind of split up into, like, what, three teams at the moment? It's like I forget that Pixar is actually putting out two movies again next year. They are, yes. I like well, wait, this, you mean this year? Well, yeah, 20, yeah, that's what I mean this year, 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with Cars 3 and then Coco. Coco in October. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out so well for them last time, but... But that, um, but that movie that movie had its problems even before that. It had, it had its problems, and then word of mouth probably wasn't the greatest for it, so... And, um, yeah, development troubles. It has development troubles, and then probably word of mouth probably wasn't you know the greatest for it. And uh, Cars 3 has potential that we've seen. And uh, 
co-host something original. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for that because we haven't gotten that since Inside Out in 2015. So, and uh, as much as I liked Finding Dory, it just uh, didn't prove to be all that memorable at all. So ironic. So, not so memorable at all that even the Academy didn't even recognize it. So, and I wouldn't blame them because odds are probably those other nominees were probably more memorable. But, so, uh, I don't know. But it, oh. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, speaking of Cars 3. No. We were talking a game? about... game? Yes. Did you get, like, the Cars game that we did on PS2? Yeah, we're getting Cars 3 the game. Oh, we're getting Cars 3 the game. Holy shit. Yeah, we, <laughs> talked, about, yeah, we talked about this, like, last week, if there's going to be a game, and there is. Um, it was announced oh, that... developing this game, then? We have no Disney Interactive. Who's making it? Uh, Avalanche Software. The guys Avalanche who, Software. The okay. Guys who, yeah, the guys who developed uh, Disney Infinity. Are developing a Cars 3 video game uh, with Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Wow, what well, quite a quite a cross right there, huh? I mean, they already did with like their Lego Marvel games and everything else. Yep. We never got like Lego Disney games. We got Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Lego Pirates. I'm talking like just like a crossover of everything, but that's freaking like Lego Kingdom Hearts at this point. Um. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we kind of talked about this, but yeah, Cars 3 video game is in development, and uh, it's going to be through uh, Warner Brothers Interactive, developed by Avalanche Software, the guys who did Disney Infinity. Um, and this is this is neat, because it's, because I mean, I mean, it's just a movie game. It's not, it's not so much that we're excited for the game itself, we're just excited that, you know, Disney is so open, you know, reaching out to developers to make their games, you know? Yeah. Since, you know... They since they kind of shut down their Disney Interactive division and then so they acquired the Marvel license. They had they didn't like they didn't give it to one you know publisher because like for the longest time Activision was the sole publisher of Marvel games. Right. And then after that, uh, Sega developed some of the movie games. And it was kind of like whatever. Um, so yeah, so to to see Disney give it to just give it to who they feel is the best because I mean we're seeing they're like really spreading around because. Um, Insomniac and Sony are doing the Spider-Man game. Uh, Warner Brothers did Lego uh, Avengers, but of course that's just Lego. They have to do it because they own that. Um, but Warner Brothers doing the Cars 3 game, and it was announced, what was it, yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday that Square Enix is going to be publishing some oh. Avenger games. Oh, not yesterday. It was uh, this morning. Or this morning. Feels because like they, already, they teased like an announcement of something with Marvel related that was going to happen, but it was so broad. It's like, what's it going to be like? Just yeah. Well, what's it going to be? But then this morning, uh, Square Enix dropped the big news uh, with more things on their plate. I mean, for goodness sakes, they can't even get certain games out. So uh, expect this game maybe in 2020. No, they said this game is coming like 2018. I don't believe it. But dude, it's not developed by Square Enix. It's developed by Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, it's just. <sighs> It's not their. It's not their Kingdom Hearts team. It's this. It's this, it's Crystal Dynamics is developing it with help from. Uh, I forget their names. The guys who did Deus Ex. So is this all about confirm that you know that Shadow of the Tomb Raider or whatever, you know, is with someone else? Yeah, because it seems like that their focus right now Crystal Dynamics is this Avenger game. So I guess the other team um, from uh, Deus Ex is doing this Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So we kind of intersected two things here because, um, you know, movie games and licenses, and I'm 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 fine with it. It's just I was kind of like I mean I already knew. It's just that 
it's a lot of things on their plate, and I wonder what Square Enix wants out of these games. Like, what what, what are they going to be? I mean, they could be anything. Action, an action game. It's just, you know, Ultimate Alliance style? No, I want to be an Ultimate Alliance style. I just wonder. I mean, that's always like, the question. Like, how, how, do, how do you make an Avenger game and it not, like, not doing the Ultimate Alliance style? Like, outside, other than Marvel Alliance style, how do you make an Avengers game? No, they wouldn't do Ultimate Alliance style. Not that it's dated. It's just, it, it's been done. It's been done, yeah. So it's one of the things where, like, how do you do it? How do you you know, juggle all these different heroes? How do you make them co-op? How do you make them play at the same time and, like, still keep consistent gameplay? You know? Could have... Maybe they could pick up that canceled Avengers game that they had. Yeah, there was a canceled one, which kind of looked neat. It was the... Yeah, it was the first-person co-op. Yeah. So you kind of, like, almost had character classes in a way. So, like, if you're Iron Man, you can fly. If you're Thor, you can fly. If you're Hulk, Captain America can't fly, but you have more strength or whatever. Hero shooter. Hero shooter. Um, I don't know, man. It's gonna be really interesting how the how you pull off an Avenger game, because like I said, you, all these different characters lead to so many different types of gameplay, and how do you incorporate that into one game and it work? You know, it's gonna be so tricky. This is Crystal Dynamics is asking for this undertaking, and given their track record, they've made some incredible games. Can't deny that. I just, I, I, I mean. I hope they're up to the task for this. This is a, this is a tall order. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess I couldn't imagine it with anyone else, I, at least at the moment. I mean, you know, the video game deals, at least with Marvel right now, we just heard this from Telltale. And, and, and Sony. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Spider-Man. So... Yeah, I forgot to mention that one. pieces are falling into place for these incredible, talented developers to make do with their, their properties. So now it's only a matter of time and we wait to see... What what uh, will be made of them? Yeah, because I mean, this is something we talked about for so long. You know, like Disney needs to start doing AAA development on their Marvel properties. Yeah, this is it right here. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Insomniac Games, Telltale, and Square Enix. Well, Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, publisher Square Enix. Yeah, and I mean, it's yeah. I mean, like I said, we're going to see these big games and stuff, and it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of do with Avengers. Uh, because, I mean, I know a lot of people were, like, always saying, like, when Batman came out, like, oh, I wonder if, like, Rocksteady did, like, a Daredevil game or something. And, like, everybody said, no, that can never happen. But, like, it actually could happen. Because, I mean, Disney's not afraid to go to Warner Brothers to, to develop one of their games. Yeah. Because we were seeing it. We saw they did, you know, Lego Avengers, and now they're doing the Cars game. So, really, it's not even out of the room of possibility that Rocksteady could, in theory, develop. It's, it's uh, the public. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, like, they don't care. Like, they don't care that you know, in the eyes of people like, oh no, Warner Brothers are competition. No, like they just they if if Disney feels they're the right developer, they will give them the project. So like it is a because realm of Disney, Disney doesn't have those funds to even get a team for it. Yeah, they they they're like, no, we're not gonna do our own team. We're just gonna find the best people. Um which is funny because that's the opposite of what they did with Star Wars. Star Wars they just gave the whole license to EA, but that's because EA has so many different teams already under them, you know. At least it's more creative teams than they didn't give it to Activision. Yeah, Activision. That only work on solely two games. Two games, or, yeah. At least Activision's like core co- core console team should not dismiss PC. Yeah. With Blizzard. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but with EA, you got Bioware and Respawn and Visual and all that. But with these other ones, they're just kind of branching out. So, I mean, yeah, the idea of Rocksteady developing a Daredevil game could happen. Like, it could happen. It's a, there's a possibility of that. Maybe. 
Um, so, what, so Rise of the Tomb Raider came out 2015. Yeah. And they want to get this Avengers game in 2018. I think so. There was conflicting reports. One, I think the IGN article said, like, release 2018. Another article I read said, info coming 2018. I'm like, well, which is it? In- info coming out 2018? That doesn't make any sense. Info I coming. get the info maybe just at E3, some concept art at least, or something. Yeah, I think that wasn't worded right, that second one I read, where it said info coming 2018. No, no, no. You can't announce something like this in 2017 and then wait a whole year to even announce anything else, you know? And I am kind of happy that this is hopefully multi-platform. Like, for Spider-Man, it's okay. It's fine for it to be PlayStation exclusive. Um, it's nice that this isn't, like, a console-exclusive game, I think, because I think Avengers is, like, kind of the bigger property. And... Uh, well, it was Square and Crystal Dynamics that put the grand idea of putting Rise of the Tomb Raider as an Xbox exclusive. Well, that was some bullcrap. But, yeah. So, we'll see what becomes of this. Dude, it can be, like, anything. It could be anything. That's the thing. It's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what it could be. I don't know how to make this Avenger game. Make it work. That's what that, that's what Crystal Dynamics is gonna think of. It's a tall order for you, man. Figure out how to make an Avenger game. How do you balance all those characters together into one game? And if I, I don't know, we'll see. They're taking on that task, and other than port work from uh, for the PS4 version of Rise of the Tomb Raider, I mean, they probably not work for this game at least for a couple of years. So, yeah. uh, at least maybe two, at least in the pre stage of it. So. That's going to be interesting to see what it'll be. Mm-hmm. One thing, at least for sure, I'll probably have some really nice graphics. Yeah. Ooh. Because the- Rise of Tomb Raider looked very good. It did. Yeah. Um, no, Square Enix just does a fi- basically just Final Fantasy 15, but with Marvel characters. Turn-based, turn-based RPG. <laughs> and this kind of would come at the end of the life cycle of PS4 and Xbox One. I mean, Square Inks was developing it, yeah, like like solely developing themselves, like their Final Fantasy team. Yeah, so exciting stuff there. It's, it's nice to get these kind of uh, just uh, one-off announcements like this. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. That was one of the few things I was able to catch this week, but I bet the next thing I probably didn't catch. Let's see. Let's see. Um... It was announced this week that Ghost Recon Wildlands closed beta starts February third. Oh, February! Oh, that's around the corner. I didn't catch this. I didn't know the, you know the date of this thing. I mean, been waiting. Waiting. Would have kind of thought it would have been this weekend. Yeah, no. Um, Ubisoft announced that the closed beta will run from February third to February sixth on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and you'll be able to preload it starting February first for those who receive a code. If you're choosing to participate, you can actually invite up to three Ubisoft friends to join your team on the same platform. Three Ubisoft friends. So, you can give me a code. Okay, so here's the thing about this Ubisoft thing. I don't, I, I, wait, do I, so I need the beta too, or like, what's going, what's going on? Okay, so, um... So, um, yeah, so here's the thing. So, my friend got into the For Honor beta that's going on this oh, weekend. What? And uh, they did the same thing. It's Ubisoft, and you can invite your Ubisoft friends. So he sent me the invite, but I never got an email saying that he invited me. Mm-hmm. 
and we were trying to figure out how do I get my code. He invited me, and then he checked his thing, and it turns out the invite didn't go to me because I apparently already signed up for it, and I already got access to it, but they didn't email me that I had access to it. So the only way I was able to get my code was going to the Ubisoft website and logging in and then checking my, like, status. Like, status, you're in a beta. Here's your beta code. And, like, there was no notification whatsoever that I had it. Mm-hmm. You know? It was just I had to dig for it. Oh, some digging. Yeah, so it was really weird that I had to dig for it. And then if you do get the beta code, you have to invite your friends through your Ubisoft account. You have to go on Ubisoft account, find your friends, make sure they have a Ubisoft account, and then invite them through that. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be clunky to get oh. to share your um, beta code for um, Ghost Recon. Oh, that's a bummer. But yeah, they can't. Yeah, they couldn't do the beta this weekend because they're doing the For Honor beta, which I got to play a little bit of today. Ooh, how'd it go? Uh, it's really, it's a really interesting game. For Honor, so I, I played it today, and um, I don't know if it's the beta or if it's Sony's PSN because PSN was kind of buggy this morning. Oh jeez. Yeah, the network was down this morning, so it was kind of buggy. That's why. I think they even finished downloading. When I turned on the thing, it whatever had to finish downloading. Uh, but like as I was playing the four honor bait, I could not finish a match. I would it would it would like kick me out every time. Ooh, like the first two or three I tried to get into, I, w- I would like get kicked out halfway through. And it wasn't just me; it would be like everyone. Like the whole match was shut down. No. And then like I finished. I did finish one whole game though a while ago. I did finish a whole game. So, and like I said, I don't know. I don't know if it's the game server or if it's the PSN being buggy because like I said, they had the thing this morning where it was down mm-hmm. so i'm not sure i can't really fault that uh but the game itself though is really interesting because a lot of people kind of are unsure what it is so as i'm so when you play it it's neat because you pick you pick what you want to be a samurai a viking or a knight and then you kind of go into battle these like online battles and a lot of people are comparing it like initially like, when they're watching the videos to like dynasty warriors and that's actually a lot what it kind of feels like Oh well, it well not necessarily in a bad way. It's just you do play as this like overpowered character, and there's like these little AI enemies that like come in waves. Like these, like they're all bunched up, and you can kill them in one hit. Yeah. So you're like running into it, killing them all in one hit, trying to keep them off your capture point. And when you keep them off the capture point, and then then uh, you capture and you get your you start getting points and stuff. And basically, um, each team has four player controlled characters that are overpowered. So it's kind of like oh, so it's like playing Dynasty Warriors, and the bosses are like other players. You know, yeah, killing the little enemies when you get to like a big enemy, and it's the boss like, oh, that's a player. And you have to fight, and the combat's really neat too. The way you kind of block and attack to where it's it's tricky. It's actually really tricky, and you have to learn it. And it's um, kind of more reflective of um, actual sword fighting where you have to learn, you know, when to hit and when to stop blocking, and you have to do the timing actually right if you want to like win. Yeah, you gotta learn the way. So there is like an actual learning curve to the combat, so it's really neat. Um, and the game looks really good too, especially for online. I mean, there is a single player component, but like for the beta, you're just playing the online component, and it looks really good graphically too. You know, oh, that's good. Online, uh, especially you have all those AI characters on screen. Um, and then there's a lot of like customization too, which I found was nice. Mm-hmm. You customize your character, different armor pieces. You can do different weapon pieces as you level up. You get you know you get new uh, parts and stuff, so you can upgrade your gun. Uh, not your guns. You don't have guns in the game. Um, <laughs> Upgrade your swords and shields and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a really good progression system there. Like uh, unlocking all that stuff, unlocking different characters. It kind of reminds me of Ubisoft's other game, um, 
Rainbow Six Siege. Ah, oh, Rainbow Six Siege. Which people love. People like love Rainbow Six Siege now. Highly acclaimed, highly acclaimed game. Yeah, it found its footing. That's a game that found its footing after launch. People just love that game now. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, initially, you know, it had its trouble, and then later on, oh my goodness, yeah, what clicked. a one. Yeah, it clicked because it reminds me of that because like you can because like in uh, Rainbow Six Siege, there's all these different character classes, and you you know, you pick one, and there's this character, and then as you keep going, you can if you keep sticking to that you know character class, you can unlock new characters in that in that branch or whatever, and then get new upgrades for them. That's kind of how For Honor is. You know, if you pick the samurai, you keep playing, you can unlock the next samurai and then upgrade that one. And you can upgrade the third samurai and then get all the parts for that one. And then go back to the knight and start doing the knight one. So, like, it is kind of like that where you pick your character class and then focus on that and, up- and upgrading those things. Um, so it's really neat. Now, the only problem is this thing is wide open for microtransactions. Oh! <laughs> Because all, because all the, because like when you buy the, because like as you level up and kill enemies, you 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 earn coins, and the coins can be used to bought, can be used to buy weapon parts and uh, armor pieces, and like those random pack things where you get like random armor when you open it. Yeah. And uh, there is a tab for store. You can't buy nothing in the beta, but there is a tab there for the store. So. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, so we haven't part- had that new story yet, though, about four honor and microtransactions yet. It's, go- uh, it's gonna happen. Up, up an idea tomorrow. Yeah, it, I mean, it's gonna happen. I mean, it's right there. The store tab's there. You can see how everything's bought with coins. So it's like you can see how there's potential for microtransactions, which of course you don't have to buy. It's just it always puts a negative negative stigma on a game when there is microtransactions. You know. Well, here's the thing: is just. It can't. It can't go the evolve route or anything like that. It's got. It's got to be justified, and it, it just obnox, not obnoxious. Uh, we've had games that do it fine. I mean, uh, Overwatch gets the pass and all that. Uncharted gets the pass. It's just it, it needs to be somewhat warranted. And uh, I don't know, man. All this is sounding like a progression-based stuff with Four Honor and like the fact well, that you just bought it. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, you're just buying coins to buy random packs or buy whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like what Overwatch does. Like, the only thing, the only yeah. thing you can buy with real money in the game is loot boxes to get random things. And it's kind of the same thing here, where you're going to be buying coins. You're going to be converting your money to coin money, so that way you can buy these random pack things. Uh, converting that for honor to that for honor money. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's going to be, like, random character skins you can buy, but, I mean, there's plenty enough uh, character skins and, you know, colors and stuff you can get in the game, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a really interesting game. It's just, it, and then it incorporates a lot of, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's 100% unique. It is unique. It is something different. I mean, you're playing, you know, solely melee combat, and it is kind of well thought out. soft. Yeah, something new for Ubisoft. I mean, this melee combat, it's well thought out. They do have kind of a sense of a battle, like, field, because you got all these different, like, smaller AI enemies there. But it does factor in a lot of, like, stuff we see from other multiplayer things, like, you know, customized stuff, random boxes. Um, they got the contracts in the game, which are, like, just the in-game kind of bounties or whatever. You know, do so many of this, you get extra XP or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, time season things, so you can see which faction's winning the most. Yeah. So there's that. Um... So yeah, it's really it's it's really interesting. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see how people are going to react to it when it comes out and see if it's going to have that kind of like strong multiplayer thing that it's like really striving for. Hopefully, hopefully it's not like the division. Yeah, 
Well, the division was like an MMO thing. This was like just straightforward multiplayer matches. So it's one of those things where they still need that. They still need that active community to kind of keep it going. They do. So we'll see. Um, comes out in a couple weeks. It's very close. It's close. So we we shall see. Uh, I'm interested. Uh, see. But there's that, and uh, I also played uh, this week. I played some Resident Evil Seven this week. Oh, the game came out um, Tuesday. GameStop was selling it Monday night. I'm gonna go get it Monday night at GameStop. Sorry, uh, played it VR. Yep, I have. Ooh. I have. I have only played it in VR so far. Wow, dude, you got some. You got some mode. Yeah. Um. So I've been playing it in, in the VR, and that's what everybody wants to know. Like, well, how's the VR on it? Because this is the first, you know, triple-A game to, you know, fully support VR. Mm-hmm. Um, and the VR is really neat in uh, Resident Evil 7, because the thing I like about the VR in this is that um, they know you're going to be playing this game for hours, you know? So they have so many different, like, options for the VR. <laughs> like, so many different, you, like, options. Hmm? How do you tweak it? Yeah, there's so many different options and stuff to tweak it. Because, like, by default, when you play Resident Evil 7, um, you know, you use the left analog stick to walk around, to walk forward, use your head to look around, but you kind of use the right stick to kind of steer, in a way. Oh. But the problem is, when you first start it, uh, the right stick is, like, set to a grid. Like, it's like Mm -hmm. a nine-square grid. So if you press up, you you just automatically look up at a 30-degree angle and then, like, up square... And then you kind of like look up in the angle. So you're like, you're like moving along like a, a tiled thing. You're not like free moving, you know, you're moving around, this, you're moving along this grid. Oh, I see what you mean. So it, they do that because it like lessens the motion of it. Cause the game kind of does most of it for you. When you just hit the stick, you kind of move, you know, into that thing. Yeah. Um, but they give you so many options for that. Like you can set it to like a 30 degree. So it goes this far. You can set it to 40 degree where it goes, you know, a little farther. You do 90 degree where it's like almost completely turning around. Holy cow, 90 degree. Yeah. You can do a 180 if you pull back and press circle at the same time. You just automatically turn around behind you. Right. So there's that. And I was playing like that at first because that's just how it is by default. And I was like, mm, okay, I see why this is here, but it's kind of taking me out of it because it makes my motion – my motion doesn't feel smooth. You know, when I look around mm-hmm. or kind of move around. So I was like, can I turn this off? I look at the option. You can turn it off if you want. And if you want, if you turn it off, you can just do free move where the right stick moves around freely like you would in any other game. Um, and then once you do that, there's like three different options to like how you want it to move. And then once you pick that, there's like a one to ten scale on how fast you want it to move. Whoa! So you can That's make this, yeah. So you can make this exactly how you want it to be. Whatever your comfort level is, you can set it in Resident Evil Seven. So you can be comfortable while getting scared. Yeah. So you can make it uh, fully comfortable in that screen. That's really cool because that was kind of the problem with um, another game. I still haven't played it yet, but that's what people said for Robinson the Journey is that some people Robinson just – Robinson the Journey, yeah. Well, the problem with Robinson the Journey is some people just can't handle it because it's pretty much at the max settings. Like I just said for Resident Evil 7, like free moving and all that. And there's no in-between. Like, people like nauseous. Yeah, because that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Based on what I play Resident Evil 7, what I've heard of, Res, of uh, Robinson, basically Robinson is like if you put all the settings to max – Resident Evil 7. And, so did you try that in Resident Evil 7 so then you could be like, hmm, this is what Robinson's Journey feels like. <laughs> yeah, like, and you can't adjust it. Robinson's Journey, you can't adjust your comfort level. It's at max, and if you can't handle it, you can't play it. 
If you can't handle it, you can't play it. So, so what do you think then? Would you be able to play Robinson the Journey? I don't know because that's the thing. I don't have the max settings on Fresno Seven. You need you need to try it, so then you can see if you would like it. Yeah, I know. Well, I gotta. I'm on. I'm trying to work my way up to it because I kind of catch myself, you know, constantly adjusting the settings as I see fit. You know. Right. So, I mean, after an hour, you kind of want to adjust it because you're like, oh, I want to keep playing, but I'm kind of, you know, I do want to. I might need to adjust this, slow it down a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I just need to build up that VR tolerance, get used to the speed to where I won't have to, you know, lower it after a little while. I can keep it at steady, you know, number or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so I really like that they give you all those options. Um, as for the VR experience itself, like playing it, it's really interesting. Um, it's kind of weird though. The VR, like, there, there's so many like little things that kind of t- that kind of take you out of it. Oh no! What um, takes you out of the? Well, like I said, first off was that grid thing, but you could turn that off. Like at first, it was that me can use that grid thing, but then I found you could turn it off. So like, okay, I can turn that off. But like all the cutscenes, like the cut cutscenes, are like when you go into a cutscene, it switches to cinema mode. Oh no! So, you, so you're not actually controlling the cutscene. You're like watching it like on a flat cinema mode in front of you yeah which is really weird because like the opening video when you first start the game like that's fine it's there it's in cinema whatever and then when you get to the main menu that's in vr but like as you're playing it most of it is in vr like most of the like interactions and stuff where it's not a full cutscene is like an in-game interaction you're still in first person vr controlling it but like those like straight cutscenes, uh where uh those are not uh vr like you're you just stay, it pulls you back and you're like looking at the flat screen. It's really weird because it takes you out of it. That's such a bummer. So it, it's kind of it's kind of weird that they did that because I mean most games already because most games like that in the first person that are like strictly the first person you know lets you keep like moving around the camera even when you're in like an interact like in a cutscene or something you know. Uh huh. But like it doesn't do that for all the scenes. Now, granted, it doesn't. Con- it's not like it constantly does this to you. It's just when it does happen, it is kind of it kind of throws it literally throws you out of it because you're like pushed back, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's that. Um, also of note, I have not played it on my PS4 Pro yet. Hmm. So, I don't know how big of a graphical graphical leap it will make because, yeah, when you do play it on VR, you do notice that there is a graphical drop than what you're used to playing. Oh really? Yeah. To you know, to obviously to render it and all that. Now when you play on Pro, there will probably be a graphical up-res, but I haven't played it on Pro yet, so I haven't seen the difference yet. Um, but yeah. playing it on a regular PS4 with VR, there is a graphical downgrade. Oh, really? Where things just are not as crisp as you would expect. But it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, like, it's only really present, like, right at the start, because right at the start, like, the sun's up and, the, and it's, like, going through the trees and stuff, and it looks kind of eh, you know? Mm. But like once you go in the house and it becomes nighttime, it it, it it's better because it's all like kind of hidden, you know, the details and stuff and the shadows and stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes up for that once you get past the initial like daytime opening. Um, but as you play it, though, what I really like about the game is that um, it, it's really surprising me just how much it still feels like a Resident Evil game, despite so many different, despite looking different. Yeah, because so many people were worried, like, going into this game, like, oh, it's in first person, oh, they're trying to be, like, PT or Outlast or something, like, just survival, like, you're not doing combat or whatever, but, like, no, there is combat in the game, like, you do get weapons, there is a combat system, you get, you're you making health, you do fight enemies, um, 
There is though there is some stealth there is a stealth section though. <laughs> oh. From what I play, there is a stealth section where you don't have any weapons and you're just hiding. Mm-hmm. Which is really something in VR because you can literally like get behind a box and then just kind of like peek around the box or peek you know in between the cracks and stuff. Yeah, peeking. Yeah, peeking at the at the guys trying to follow you. So like that's that's, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I'm, I'm I consider myself uh pretty tough and versed in, in horror games. So like I'll be honest, I haven't felt necessarily scared while playing the game. Really? Wow! A lot of people have been feeling scared. Uh, I mean, there's a great atmosphere there, but like, don't get me wrong. There has been moments where I've where I've said the f word out loud while playing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, some moments that catch me. Like, um, is it jump scare? Like, what? 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 There's. I'm about like three or so hours into the game, and there's been one jump scare. One part that just made me like curse out loud, like what the hell, like this like intense thing that happened, like right in my face. Uh-huh. And there's some other parts, like there's so many like intense stuff they're like throwing right in your face because they're trying to like look, it's VR, you know. And it's it's. Would uh, you say okay now we're gonna put like a little meter on this? Out- Outlast, uh, or like <laughs> until dawn, like Outlast until dawn, and then until dawn, uh, Marshall Blood, the pig scene. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, take the pig scene. It's like stuff like that, where it's not necessarily scary, but it's intense. You know what I mean? Intense. Like, like the pig seeing that, like on the screen, like was like interesting. But then I can understand like doing that in VR would be so weird. Yeah, because like when you see it, it's not necessarily scary. But when you're like in VR in first person, like right there, and you're hearing like you're with hearing the 3D it, audio. Yeah, you got the headphones on, so you're hearing the 3D audio, like it's screaming in each ear, and you're like ducking behind saw blades and stuff. Like that's intense. It's not really scary, but it's really intense to experience that in VR. And that's kind of how it is in Resident Evil <laughs> 7, where there's certain parts where, I mean, it's not, it might not necessarily be scary, but it's intense because you have this stuff like getting right at you in your face in VR, you know? Right. So. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's kind of what that is. That's too funny, though. But, um, but yeah, like, it's, it's first person and stuff, but it still retains a lot of the Resident Evil quality. Like, you're still, you know, you have an inventory management. You're you're managing, you know, what items you can carry and what not to carry. There's a lot of key items. You're finding keys to open doors and stuff. Ooh, gotta love the keys. There's, like, little trap things, you know, you have to figure out these puzzles. Mm -hmm. And there's so many other, like, little things that, like, tie and reference back to the old Resident Evils that like if you played them all you're going to get it and you'd be like yeah this thing really retains the spirit of Resident Evil you know Cause so many people were so, so many people were so worried about it going into it like it was going to be too different but I'm like really after the last two are you, you, you they really need to do something different you know yeah and that's what Resident Evil 7 did and it is doing really well so far is incorporating you know, going in a kind of a new, like, first-person direction, but still incorporating a lot of what we're used to in the Resident Evil games to where it works. So it's definitely going back to the, the horror roots and stuff we see uh, saw in the first uh, three, four games. It's a, it's a nice direction that I'm definitely hearing from the vibes that people are getting from this game, which is very good. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how long it is. Like I said, I'm about three hours in, and most reviews I've read said it took them around ten hours to finish the game. Huh. 
Which ten hours is pretty good, a pretty good length, especially something that you can play for ten, you know, ten hours in VR, you know, ten hour VR experience. And plus, I, I know you didn't want it to be Alien Isolation length. Yeah, Alien Isolation they said it was like too long. Too long. Too long. Um, but I mean, and then the trophies are very specific, so they do encourage you to kind of do multiple playthroughs. Oh, thank goodness! It's not an easy trophy. List. It's not the second sun trophy list. No, it's it's like. There's one trophy, like, you can beat, like, oh, beat the game in four hours. That's a trophy. Huh. Uh, beat the game using uh, three or less health packs. Oh. Beat the game, you know, never opening the item crate more than three times. You know, find all the find all the coins or whatever in one playthrough. This is insane. Beat the game on master difficulty, which is locked when you first start it, by the way. Ooh, so you gotta probably beat the game first. You can't, yeah, you can't go straight to the highest difficulty. When you start, it just says easy or normal. And then uh, master difficulty was locked, so. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Back to Uncharted. I know, well, I mean, that was Uncharted 2. Yeah, Uncharted 2 did that. Yeah, Uncharted 2 did that. The only, reason, like... <laughs> only reason I don't have the Uncharted 2 platinum. You could do it in Uncharted Collection. But I have to do everything again, though, to get the bottom of Uncharted 2 Collection. <sighs> Got the Uncharted 2 Platinum. Got it twice. You got Woo-hoo. all of them twice. Well, except for... Got all of them twice. I did. I did 100%, though. It is a little insane, 100%. Yeah. We still got that Platinum, man. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm really liking Resident Evil so far. I think it was the right right call to kind of go in this new kind of direction, also retaining elements of the original games. Which is um, good. Which is good. Which is good because this is why this is why I look forward to God of War because I know so many people are complaining about God of War like it doesn't it looks too different. But I'm like, no, God of War that new God of War is exactly what the franchise needed. Just like Resident Evil Seven, this is exactly what the franchise needed. A facelift. Exactly, and. That's the thing. For God of War, you had six God of War games that followed the same format all the way through. I mean, there was refinements along the way, but it was still the same format. So we're finally getting a new one that's completely different. Not completely different, but it's different. And still retaining elements of the old game. Same thing with Resident Evil 7. It went in a new direction. It's first person, but it still retains a lot of elements of the original games to where it still works for people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's good that the game is being well received across everyone. Mm-hmm. Wasn't worried about Resident Evil Seven, but I mean, you know, always gonna have the cautious optimism. Mm-hmm. And Capcom, start of a good year for Capcom. Twenty seventeen is looking bright for Capcom. They did start it out quite lame with the poor ports, iOS ports of Mega Man, mm-hmm. but with Resident Evil Seven. Hopefully more things are good on the horizon. Yep. Um, We're also yeah. getting Horizon Zero Dawn soon, yeah. so... And there is Evil 7 actually getting DLC next week. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. People are going to be like, why, why was that in the game? Because, uh, like, the trophies are already there for the DLC. Gosh, dude, there's a lot of stuff that came out this week. I mean, there's Resident Evil 7, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, mm-hmm. Rock Band Online. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. 
Makes me want to go back home and uh, play some of this. Play some of stuff. But speaking of Rock Band Online, oh. go check out Day Space. They did a whole, uh, with Living Room Clutter, they did a whole episode kind of talking about Rock Band, talking about the new online play in Rock Band, how they plug. like it, what they like, yeah. what they don't like about it. You know, go check that out. Yeah, they have that little plug in there. This is why this is great because like we didn't I didn't even play it online at all. This is their job. That's their job. Yeah. So. Well, I kind of need you to play online because there's no matchmaking. It's just friend to friend. Yeah, it is friend to friend. Yeah. So I uh, need you because you're the only one of my friends list other than uh, Dave that has Rock Band Four. Yeah, and then you be the vocalist, and then I'll be the guitar, and I'm gonna go find drums and uh, another bass. So. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. I mean, yeah, I'm really excited to try it out. I mean, it seems like it's it's a little inconsistent right now, but it's from the YouTube videos I've seen, it seems to be working fine. Yeah. So. so yeah. Uh, but people, if people want to listen to the full impressions on that, and then uh, yeah, go check out Living Room Claire. And the patch. Patch. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll try to play that this weekend. I'll play some Argument Four. Okay, I'll see. I'll see if I can get home. <laughs> I might want. I might actually want to go home this weekend. I'll see. I'm a little I tired. Go home. And like, uh, I don't know. I saw that the dollar movies has La La Land, but like, I don't know if I want to see it again with my parents. <laughs> like, you seen dude, movie twice. Seen it enough times. <laughs> I mean, it spread. It was well spread out. At least, I mean, at least it's from October 31st to January. <laughs> And now January again in January because like it's like I see it's on like at six o'clock. Um, if I want to go home tomorrow, but like my parents will probably want to see it, but like I don't know if I'll be in the mood to. So um, because I might want to go see something else because I mean what I don't know. I'll see. <laughs> because there's nothing really new about this week, so you know, like at all, yeah. nothing good. Yeah. So slow. But um, yeah, that's how the week's looking, and then uh, we'll see if we can play some games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, hopefully uh, next week isn't too busy. I hope. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll have some news. Some uh, we'll be on episode ninety, our next episode. Yeah, ninety. What? What? Um, do we have anything else that's small? Hopefully, nothing we overlooked. Not really. I mean, that was it. I just want to get through those news, and then I wanted to do my kind of impressions on uh, For Honor and Resident Evil 7. Both very good. Yep. Um, but, of course, I'm going to be playing more Resident Evil 7, and I'm going to try some more of the For Honor Bay this weekend, too. So if you have any questions about For Honor or uh, Resident Evil 7, you can send it to us. All, the different, all the different ways, because I haven't done this in a while. But you can send us questions many different ways. You can comment on the YouTube video itself. You can message us on the YouTube channel. You can... We have a Facebook this fan page. Why we do, so then people can actually send them questions because we've been in a drought of questions. Yeah. But yeah, we got YouTube and all that. We, uh, we got a Facebook fan page. Search it up. Playstation uh, Bull Session Podcast. Search it up. You can like it. Comment there. Send us uh, questions there. We have the Twitter you can go on to. At Playstation BS. You go search that up. Uh, you can send us questions on there. You can send us messages on PSN. at uh, For me, at Bayou Boys or at uh, Double Is. Mm-hmm. The questions there. So about anything really, anything you know, gaming, PlayStation related, it doesn't necessarily have to be about Resident Evil Seven or For Honor. Just those are something you could think about making questions for. Yes, yeah, uh, something that comes late. Questions for. Uh, and next, well, it won't be for next next episode, but the episode after that, we might be playing the Ghost Recon beta. Ooh. We might be getting into that, so we might be able to play that and get some impressions on that. Um, because I think I signed up for it, so. I think uh-huh. you signed up for it. Yes. Well, I'm praying. 
So, yeah. So if you get through, at least if one of us gets through, then we'll both be getting. So we'll try to figure out how to share those codes. Sweet. So, um, so yeah. I guess, that's, uh, I guess with that, this has been the PSBS Place Position Podcast episode 89. I'm your host, Cote PSN Bible. Coach here is. Andrew Reynolds, double is. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. And play those games. Play the Kingdom Hearts. Play Resident Evil 7. Play For Honor or Ghost Recon. Play Rock Band Online. I'll play be. Which- I'll maybe play what you want. You don't have to do what I tell you. <laughs> and. Just, just go have fun. You could do that. Um, fun. Yep. And uh, thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll uh, see you guys next week. And 